And we're here with the KM Podcast, Ken Brown from WGR Radio, Michael here, DetroitLions.com as we talk Detroit Lion and NFL football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. Post combine. There's always a little bit post-combine, of post combine. Post combine yeah, pre franchise tagging day. We could have waited till after tomorrow to do it, but you pretty much know who's gonna get franchised and who isn't. Maybe one yeah, or two surprises, yeah, or, but you you yeah, know pretty much. Guys. Yeah, yeah nobody guys. that um, we care about here in town. Uh, Tony Pollard was the last one that was franchised before I left to come to this illustrious studio to do this podcast. So he's off the market if you ever thought he was on the market. Plus, he's recovering from a broken ankle anyway. So I don't, I don't know how much uh, he would have got fetching fetching on the open market anyway. You know, he's running back yeah. with, a, with an injury. Is he, uh, it was, uh, did anybody else that you heard of that came in late? That's the last one I heard. That's the last one I heard. Um, they haven't said yet about New York Giants. That's the big one, the question mark, if um, Daniel Jones gets the tag or does he get a deal? Saquon Barkley, does he get the tag if Daniel does it? You know, that's, that's what everybody's waiting for. That's really between him and Lamar Jackson. I think those are the last two big chips people are waiting for. It might be some other little ones, but those are the big chips. I just cannot put you know, I listened to uh, one of the stations this morning, one of the TV stations this morning, you know, really going heavy on the on the tags and all that. I cannot believe the money they were talking about for Daniel Jones. Dan Orlowski made this observation, too. And in going into last season, he had 50 career uh, touchdown passes and 49 turnovers, and they're talking about giving him 45 mil a year. Yeah. No, it's, it's ridiculous. And you know what? You know what this stems, what happens with the, all these big contracts you're seeing now? You see guys like people are getting cut. Have you seen some of the cuts today? People are, people that have been told to go find deals are going to get cut. Like um, Leonard Floyd in the Rams was the last one I saw that they told him he's either going to be traded or get cut. Uh, Allen Robinson, go make a trade. Uh, Kendricks in Minnesota is getting released. I mean, all those big money deals in those back ends now – you see they're not worth the paper they're written on because the teams are just going to release them. Well, what about Allen Robinson? I mean, look, he had a nice career going. He had a good thing going in Chicago. Got to have him with the Rams. Really didn't produce there. And bingo, out of a job. Or looking for another job. Yeah, but at least he has a contract. You know, they somebody's well, going to take it on. But I wasn't a big Allen Robinson in Chicago fan anyway. No, but he had a couple of hundred catch seasons. But... Just goes to show you, stats don't tell the whole the whole story. And if teams can replace you with cheaper labor, they will do it. There's only a few players that are must players on a team these days. A few positions that are must have positions, and after that, it's like a chessboard. You just move pieces around, and that's why when you have high draft picks, me myself and I included, said you got to be at a premium position because these are the ones that you want to keep on your squad. Replaceable positions are not worth high draft picks, and that's that's what we'll get to in a minute. But that's what I've always said, and it proves out every year when you see these people getting cut. Linebackers get cut, you know. Guards get cut. Tackles get cut. You know, they, it's just the way it works. Not so much offensive tackles now, Kenny. No, I'm not talking about offensive tackles. I'm talking about defensive they, tackles. They, they I'm talking about defensive tackles. I'm not talking about offensive you, tackles. You, I'm talking about defensive you, tackles. Right, we have a good example of that here in Detroit, Taylor Decker. He's had a really, really nice seven-year career, and he can play another five, six, seven years if he stays healthy. Right, and he'll he'll be in demand until the day he walks out of that building, and he should be right because he's a good player, good team guy, everything you want. Well, it's like the, the guy match. that he replaced. How long did he play? What Backus? Had a what? Twelve, thirteen-year well, career. I'm just saying, he, he played for there, long. But, you know, 
Backus played 12 years. Yeah, 12 Was there years. a gap between Backus and um? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I thought Appreciate they came it. right yeah. in after Backus left. Anyway. Well, Backus's last year was was uh, 20, uh, 2012, I think it was. Was it? I guess it was a gap then. For 12 years, was, yeah. Now, for trivia out there, you people listening, not you over here, who was the tackle after Backus left the next year? That's trivia for the people outside. And you know what? That's trivia. You're not going to get an answer from me because I don't care. All right. Let's move it oh, into – come on. I don't even care. Don't even care. That's blow. Don't even care. That's you know, a, I think that's, it that's a, No, I was going to say I thought it was somebody else, but it wasn't him. I don't care who it was. All right. Michael here, the combine. I'm, I'm going to yeah. put myself out for this time period and admit – that I got a little geeked up at the end of uh, the, the workouts while I was watching yeah. one NFL Network, and I took I needed 24 hours. So everybody who watched the combine, take 24 hours to get your thoughts together before you put them out. And I'm glad I didn't go on a tweet storm or demand this and demand that because I would look like an idiot today because I had time to think about it, do the research, look at the, the whole combine as a whole. Now I've come to some conclusions. Number one, combine only means a little bit to me in changing opinion before to me, 25% at the most. I'm not changing opinion based on running around in shorts. I will change opinion based on some of the interviews and some of the things said and some of the way guys looked out there. I'm not talking about the numbers, but the way guys looked like if a guy supposed to be 300 pounds came in looking like he was 112 pounds, then I, okay, I'm changing my mind. When I saw Bryce Young, I had to change of mind about some parts about him because he is so small. But these are things that, you can see. Other than the numbers part, I'm not changing my mind on anything. Well, let me ask you something, though. We've been talking, you and I have talked about, about Bryce Young over and over about his size, his hands, the height, all that other stuff. But he did listed at 204 pounds. Does he still look small to you? Yeah. small frame. Yes. Okay. Because he was 204 pounds, and I guarantee you to punch him in the stomach and all that water he drank before he got on the scale when it came out. He looks I, like he walks around about, like he plays at about 195. It's just his well, frame just is not a 204-pound frame. I mean, he well, had it for the weigh-in, but, Mike, like I said, you can fill up on breakfast and anything else that morning before the weigh-in. I guarantee you this. This is how you're going to know if he's a 204-pound natural weight. When he does his uh, workout at Alabama, if he weighs himself today and does his workout, then you'll know that's an actual weight. If he stands on the weight at the combine, works out and works out good, then it wasn't a real weight. That's how you, that's how you can tell. Because if he has nothing to hide, he'll weigh himself the day of his workout. Well, I, you look, we'll, 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 that's one of those things we'll find out. We'll find out. But even at 195, he's still a player to me. Don't get me wrong. He's still a player. And I'm not, I'm not, I think he's the best quarterback regardless. It's just that that's a factor you're going to have to look at with which team he goes to. But that's not the big one where you want to change your mind, though, is it? No, what happened was, and I'm going to admit, <laughs> I looked well, at Anthony tell, Richardson. Tell, let's, let's, Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Richardson we're talking about and right I looked at him, and I was he's one of those players that is hovering around that six pick area to me. That he could go as low as your know, six, and he could go as high as the end of the first round. But he's going in the first round. But a lot of people are changing opinions on him. And if well, you well, listen to commentators, oh my God, he's the next thing to Cam Newton and a combination of Cam Newton. And you know, a, 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 a comparison I heard yesterday. And they put the numbers out. Dante Culpepper. Well, I hope he has more staying power. Than That's Culpepper. what I'm just. Well, yeah, Culpepper got that knee but, injury, and that just tore him up. But, but before but, that, but, Culpepper was good. But at his best, 
Culpepper was a heck of a player. Yeah, but this he, guy's he was, not going to get the 300 pounds. No, but but you're talking about a guy 6'6", played about 260, 270, 38 touchdown passes, 10 rushing touchdowns. That was harder to do, you know, 20 years ago than it is now because the way the, they play the game. But Culpepper was a load. Yeah, me. before the knee injury, Culpepper was a load. And then he, he, was. he was too heavy afterward. But this guy doesn't have a frame that Culpepper had to put 300 pounds on. This guy's an athletic 245, and he'll probably fluctuate right between five pounds either way. He's not going to blow up like Culpepper did. But regardless of the fact, Culpepper was a much better thrower now, but had a much better college career than Anthony Richardson had. And this is the dilemma that some team is going to face. And I hope it's not the Lions after I sat back and realized and well, looked at it. It's too much of a risk. Well, let me ask you something, though, Kenny. And I'm, we're not, we can argue this bitterly later, <laughs> away from the away from the phones and all that. But what was there about you just watching him that when you sat back 24 hours later and said, "Hold on, buddy, that's not not really what I I don't think I saw what I saw." Well, what I saw was I was confirming to me of how athletic he is. He, oh, you know how Justin Fields was a great runner this year. In the league, yeah. he'll be oh, better. Yeah. He'll be better. As a runner, he'll be better. But he's not a good thrower. And I'm and, and sorry, you got to process information, and, and the quarterback position to me is 75% from the neck up. The other 25% oh, is below the neck. Let me jump in real quickly here, and just uh, just to counter a little bit what you said, if, if you said a better thrower, or a better runner, I should say. But if he doesn't throw the ball and he can't complete passes, he's not going to be on the field long enough to be a better runner. He's not going to get playing time. Hopefully not. But somebody's going to put him out there and let him go, and they'll they'll deal with a 50% completion passer. And he'll run and he'll do all that, but he's not going to win for you. That's another thing, too. He didn't win in college. He didn't. He had 13 stars. He didn't win. And And it's just too much to get into. And like I said, I'm not wasting a number six pick on some player that maybe 50-50 will help me three years from now. This team is way beyond that. But they do need to let people think they might draft him for when the offers come. So they're doing the right thing by keeping their mouth shut. There's another thing, too, I'd just like to add, too, and it sounds like you you really took to heart what uh, head coach uh, uh, Dan Campbell said at his press conference down in, in Indianapolis when he said the thing that interested him more about the combine was talking to the players, not watching them run around in pajamas. In other words, he liked the interview process. He thought that was more valuable than to him as a coach than watching the drills. Yeah, but there are some I, – I, I know he said that for comedy because that's what Dan does a no, lot. No, 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 no let me finish. Let me finish. No, I, I, I believe he believes that to an extent, but – there are no absolutes. There are some of those workouts where you can learn some things. And I'm going to tell you one specifically, and we'll get to this a little later. The running back drills. You can see kids' feet balance and stuff. There are things you can't see in those workouts and match them with the tape. So those ones, yes. The quarterback ones to me, no. Um, the 40s for, for wide receivers and stuff, just to see how guys run, that's, that's a good indicator. It's not everything, but there are some things you can get out of that. Other than that, I agree with what Campbell said. But there are some things, especially the running. To me, the running back drills, you can really get stuff out. You can see guys balance and things like that. And we're going to get that in a minute because I saw some stuff. But um, I do believe there is something to learn out of it. But not everything, Mike. Like I said, it's a, it's a small portion. 
Well, one thing, and I, and I agree with Campbell on this, is you got a chance with, with your crew in that room with a player for 20 minutes, you can look them in the eye, man-to-man, person-to-person, and get a feel for what they're really about. Now, it's not, look, you're not going to get a perfect evaluation, an all-inclusive evaluation in 20 minutes, but you get a start. You get you get you start you get a chance to lead yourself down the path one way or another, and I think he's I think especially the way he does it. Well, we'll see, we'll see. Like I said, everything's well, working pretty well so far, isn't well, it? Well, like I said, I don't know. Yes or no? I don't know because is is Holmes the one doing this? Is Campbell how much of a part is it with him in the picking or what? I don't know. I'm just saying everybody can talk and. The the results are in the picks, and right now the results are good. I don't know the methodology they're going through it or whatever, but I'll let I'll let I'll let them do the talking right now because that's all it is is talk. I don't get involved in that. I'm I'm looking at performance to what the needs are. That's all I care about. All that other stuff, let them handle that, and that's all good for writing and you guys and the write columns and whatever and articles. I don't care nothing about that. I just want the player, and I want the player at a position that's needed for this team. That's all I care about. So let them handle that. Fine. If that's the way you feel about it. He said those four players out of the whatever he met that were really. 30 to 35. Yeah, okay. But you might not get those four. And what does it mean if you get one of them? Okay. And the guy next to him is not a, a rah-rah player or a high-fire player, and he has a, a better, he's a better player. So, like, again, I'll I just let that. That's coach talk to me. That's fine. If, if that's what gets you off, go ahead. I'm I'm into the player. I'm in the actual performance. So that's where I'm at. I know Mike that that stuns you, but that's just the way I feel about it. I mean, I'm I didn't say I was right either. This is just me talking. I'll agree with you. You're not right. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. That's but like I said, well, let's move on. Those are coaches' problems. I'm talking about players, and what I want to get back to this combine and what came out after the combine. I'm gonna tell you another thing too. A lot has been said. The number six pick to me is gonna be a good linchpin pick because I think you'll have many options with it after what I saw over the weekend and after the draft experts are talking about the top players. I don't know. I haven't broken it off into tiers yet. What are the blue, how many blue chips there are in this draft and red chips, but the blue chip players, there should be at least six counting quarterbacks who might not be blue chip, but will be pushed up as blue chip. So you should be able to get a damn one of your key players for your roster in this draft. Well, if I just look at it and look at some of the stuff that NFL.com did when they rate the player ratings, I see I don't see an awful lot of blue chips in here. I really don't. And there's such a disparity between the number one quarterback in Bryce Young and number two, C.J. Sprout. I mean, it's it's it, it's really you know four full points almost. That's that's an awful lot. How many blue chips do you see? Five, you know, maybe. I, I include the running back, B. John Robinson. How many, really quarter, how many quarterbacks are you um, counting in the Blue chip quarterbacks? Well, just blue chip in the players. I mean, the five you see, how many of those are quarterbacks? One. Okay, so they, see, that's what I'm talking about because there are going to be One. two guys pushed into that blue chip category of now, quarterback look, that aren't. That doesn't, look, it doesn't mean that they're not going to take quarterbacks there. I just don't. I, right. think, I, I think Bryce Young is far and away the most polished pro-ready quarterback in this draft. Right. I don't think anybody else is close to him. But if those other guys get pushed up, that's going to push a blue well, chipper do. down to your spot at six. That's what I'm saying. You're at a good position because a blue chipper I mean, is going to be pushed down to six. Well, is it going to be Will Anderson? Is it going to be uh, Jalen uh, Carter? Jalen Carter. Could be Tyree, it could be the, the 
the um, uh, Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie Wilson. Wilson. It could be any of those guys. Yeah, yeah, it could be any of those guys. You know, which is fine. Or like I said, maybe and um, maybe the Lions do want a quarterback. I don't know. We, I, we'll see. I don't. I yeah, wouldn't think so. But I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put anything past Brad Holmes. The way he wants to build this team, I wouldn't put anything past him. So, we'll see. Um, since you brought up B. John Robinson, I wanted to talk about him too. Now, I will make this declarative statement, and this is before the combine and after the combine. If you're taking a defensive player at six or a trade down, whatever, your first pick's a defensive player, and B. John Robinson is there at 18, I'm taking him. And I'm running. I'm running the ticket up at 18. At 18. I'm running the ticket up there, and I'm not looking back. Did you trade up twelve, uh, six spots to 12 to get him? No. The way no. they did it with, with Jameis and Williams last year? No, 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 no. Well, they traded up more than 12 spots, I mean, more than six spots, but I'm just no. saying, would you move into that range to get him? No. If Okay, put it like this. I wouldn't move into that range if it cost me one of my first four picks. I have decided after this draft. What I'm do you mean? One of your, I, I'm taking both first-rounders and both second-rounders. I'm taking four players there. I've decided that just now. Well, you'll, you'll, well, okay, but you'll end up with two first-rounders out of this. Because okay, that's what you're getting the deal. Right. Yeah. No, no. What do you mean when you're getting a deal? If you trade up, you're going to have to uh, – you say going up from 18 to 12? Yeah, yeah, going to 12. You'll still be – you'll still have a first-round pick. You'll still end up there. Yeah, but you're going to have to give up picks. one of those seconds to go up. That's my point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, okay. I want four players. I'm not, I'm not coming out with less than four players. Now, I, I can have five if I move down – but I'm taking four players in the first two rounds. I'm taking four picks. Now, however that works out, at least four picks I'm coming out with. So I'm not trading up. Now, if they want to trade up for a third-round pick and I move up those six spots or whatever to take B.J., I'm fine with that. But I'm keeping my f- four picks in that first round minimal because I think they can add four players that will help them this year in this draft. And that's what you traded a Hawkinson in them for to get players to help you, right? Absolutely, of okay. course. Yeah. So you, yeah, and I think, and I think, I think Hawkinson was a—I wouldn't exactly call it a salary dump, but it was a little bit of that too. There was a lot that went into it. Sure. I don't think he—I don't think he quite fit their uh, fit their offense, even though he's a good player, a really good player. But I think he fits what you know Minnesota's doing more than he did with, with the Lions, where he just get it open, just keep dinking, 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 dinking the ball to him. Sure. And there were a lot of tight ends I saw over the weekend. That they could draft and fit the bill, they won't even probably won't even be second rounders. I mean, well, can you hear? Yeah, sure. Let me let me just add one thing too. The tight ends they're talking about. Now they're not going to. This is not going to happen. But there are five tight ends worthy of a first round pick. Now we're talking about you know down in the round, not talking about top ten. And that they're not all going to go in the first round, but they will have first round grades. Right. So maybe maybe they foresaw that that look. This is going to be a pretty good pretty tight good end tight draft. End draft. Yeah. yeah, and, it's, and, and, and it, those five, and I guarantee of, they won't go in the first two rounds, Mike. I guarantee all of them won't go in the first two rounds because five tight ends in two rounds—that's a lot of tight ends being picked. I'll, that's rare. go look it up. That's rare. Well, and that's part of that. That's part of what a general manager and his staff do. They, they, you know, they look into the future a little bit and see where are these guys going to wind up in the draft. You know, months before the draft. Oh, Maybe. years before. I guarantee you, right now they know in the next draft what the heavy positions are right now and whatever. Just like last year at the draft, they knew what the heavy yeah. positions were. You know, they knew that the quarterbacks would be some decent quarterbacks and not no superstar quarterback. They knew exactly what was going on. So And really and also a lack of wide receivers. It's a completely different draft this year than it's been the last two or now, three years. Now for all you people out there that wonder why the Lions would trade up and not take the three picks, you know, the 
the two right. first rounders in the first pick of the second round, the second pick of the second round. Why they traded up to get a wide receiver? Now you know why. Because Brad Holmes and already saw that the receiver market was going to be lower next year than it was last year. Last year, well, how many receivers were in the first round? At least six, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah two Ohio one. State guys, the um, Jameson Williams. Um, there was a couple. The guy. It was. A, it was a lot of them. So it was a lot of receivers in the first round this year. They're talking about it might be two receivers in the first round, Mike, a Jigbo from um, Ohio State and the Texas Tech kid, Johnson. That might be it. Are you saying that, that Brad Holmes is clairvoyant? Yeah, I'm just saying that's their job. <laughs> you know, when you like work a full-time job, you got 40 hours a week to do stuff, and they work 60 hours. They do stuff ahead of time. They don't just wait till the night before the draft and pick a Mel Kuyper book up and decide to go draft. You know, they actually work at this. So – just remember that, and I, I, I like what's going on. I'm going to tell you another thing. Let's get back to it. Let's get back again. This is a, I know this um, podcast is all over the place today because that's how the combine is to me. It's all over the place. The rumors are all over the place. Right now, the NFL is all over the place, so we're going to be all over the place. We're going to go back and forth between stuff. There are quarterbacks in this draft, Michael Hare. The Lions should take one. Now, I'm not for the first rounder, but there are quarterbacks to be taken. I'm going to tell you a couple of guys – I said I'm not going all by combine, but I'm adding combine to the film. And quarterbacks I didn't think were physically able to play, now I've changed my mind about it. You know the number one guy? Are Go you ahead. ready? Are you ready? No, I'm not. You know what? Let me let me lay down on the floor. For yeah, me. lay down okay. for this. Hold on a second. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Yep, I almost dropped the phone. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm on the rug. I've already said Hendon Hooker, I'm fine if they take him sometime in the draft. Because he was hurt, he didn't work out well, on there. But I think he's a good. He can run. Stetson Bennett. I was That's not the, a fan before uh, this last weekend. Uh, I mean, I saw he was a winner. He was older. He he's physically able to play pro football. I thought he his arm is physically able enough. You already know what kind of player he is from the head from the shoulders up. And I just didn't know he was physically able to do it. I saw him throw. He threw just as well as the rest of the guys out there if not better on some throws. I'll tell you, I put it like this. Besides the little two deep balls that uh, Anthony Richardson threw, his overall workout, I thought Stetson Bennett threw the ball just as well. Let's see. He's got 29 and a three-quarters inch arms, small hands, six um, feet tall, six feet tall. I'm just telling you. 207 pounds. I didn't say he'd be a first or second round or a third round or whatever. I'm just saying. He can play in that league. He impressed me. Kenny, I disagree with you on this. I just don't think he has the measurables. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Now he might look. He might. He might have skill. Look, there was a guy I looked at. I think it was at Notre Dame last year. Was it Book? I, Ian oh, Book? the guy that went to um, New Orleans. Book. And ended yeah, up Book. starting. And ended up Book. starting. Yeah, the game. yeah. Ian Book. Finally, watch him play. Boy, was I wrong. He just doesn't fit in in the National Football League. Right. At least not yet. Right. At least not yet. But look, and the person I'm when I say Stetson Bennett, I'm not talking about coming in and uh, pushing golf for the starting job. I'm just talking about coming in for a year or two, a backup, develop into it. But he has enough arm to play the game. And like I said, the quarterback position to me is 75 percent above the neck. To me, it's 25 percent physical to 75 percent the the mental part. Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent. And um, and looking at these quarterbacks and looking at the drafts and looking at the last years of quarterbacks, a lot of people under, underestimate Jared Goff and how good he he really is. You know, because Jared Goff was the number one pick. You guys forget, 
And Jared Goff, if you put him in that situation Saturday, he'd be the number one pick again if there was the, of quarterbacks. So don't, just because you, you know, it's like the new car, old car. I've been driving this car for six years now. I never had a problem with the car, though, but I've been, I need a new one. I need to get this new. No, sometimes that car that never gave you a problem is it's okay to keep. Well, I've been driving mine for 11, and it's got 11 more in it. Yep. I'm just not sure I do. That's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> I might not have a level more. <laughs> well, that's all right, man. <laughs> Drive slow, brother. Drive slow. Uh, anything else that um, you thought of in the you know combine or draft? Any rumors or anything else that no, any position really. wise that you looked not at? Really. I you know usually I remember back in the day that the combine used to be a job market. You don't see as much of that anymore. Uh, you know, more deals got done back down then than than there are now. It's just different. They're kind of sticking to the business of the combine now, and I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. A couple other things I did combine-wise that did impress me. Um, the Pittsburgh D-tackle, Kalijah oh, Kansi. Yeah. He, he yes. actually um, measured in higher than they list him at, which is a first. Usually, you know, you list a guy 6'5", they put him on the, the height thing, and he's 2'8". But he was listed at um, 6 feet. He actually uh, measured in at 6'1". 280, light for a D tackle. Yeah, but but yeah. um, he's a ball of donuts, man. He's a ball of fire. And um, he, he his numbers are eerily similar to Aaron Donald when Aaron was at Pittsburgh. I'm not saying you he's know, that I, player. I, you know, I, I, I just looked him up, too. Look, he had a 4.6740. Aaron Donald was very, very close to that. Now, Aaron Donald you know, bench pressed 35 reps. This kid didn't get to 35. There's a, there's a difference here. But really, he's... If you look at if you look at all the ratings here that and I look at NFL.com, you know they have some pretty comprehensive ratings. He's right there on the cusp of first round, second round, somewhere somewhere player. And certainly, I'll tell you what, the Detroit Lions had a chance to get Aaron Donald in 2014. They took a tight end instead. Yeah. Of course, a lot of a lot of teams took a different player too. Well, that's why they're out of a job. But here's a, here's a second chance. Well, I'm gonna okay? tell you this too. If my memory serves me correctly, and you might have a better memory than mine. Aaron Donald so. was an ascending player from the senior bowl on. He wasn't like a top 10 pick listed all year on the draft. No, boards, he wasn't. he no, ascended he wasn't. to the matter of fact, at the time he was picked, I think that was the highest anybody had picked him at. The, I don't think anybody was projecting him to go in the top 10. So, well, he, he, did, he didn't go in the top 10. What I'm saying, it wasn't like people yeah. say, oh, he was a, we always knew he was going to be the best defensive player in the league when draft time came because we had him as the, you know, the number three pick in that draft. No, you didn't. He was an ascending player just like this Kansi guy is, is an ascending player. So they're similar in that way, too, because I remember the senior bulls when Aaron Donald really made a name for himself well, to move into that top half of the first round. Well, and the, and the player, the guy who came back in, 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 from the 24. I'm sorry, the 2014 Pro Bowl raving about him was one Tim Twentyman of DetroitLions.com, my writing partner for the for the Detroit Lions website. And he still to this day says he's the best player he's seen he's ever seen at the Combine. And Tim's been to, what, 14, 15 of them, something like that, 13. Right. right. Yeah, so, you know, this Kansas guy, you got to keep an eye on him. Like you said, he's, he's I think he'll be a first-rounder. I don't know where. But he, he's going to move in. That 280, though, you got to have a team that's, you know, going to be able to make up for that, you know, uh, run thing against them because that's light, man. That is really light. Like you said, Aaron Donald was just unusually strong. I don't know if this kid is as strong. Strong, a strong upper body, yeah. quick, 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 
quick on his feet, light on his feet. And that Aaron Donald of, of draft day is not the Aaron Donald you see now. Anyway, he actually became stronger and put on more after that. You know, he became bigger and stronger, and he always had the rest of the skills going with him. So he developed more even after that draft. And he had, and and just one other thing, uh, he was a guy who could make a big play at the big moment too, just like the closeout play of the Super Bowl two years ago. Exactly. That's 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 to me that that's what separates when you get down to the finite part of it. That's what separates the great players from the really great players. Mm-hmm. They make the big play at the moment. Yep. Um, so we'll get into the draft six and whatever later. And, you know, and then we'll talk about Jalen Carter. Would you still take him and stuff? And we'll get into all that later on. I know you guys want to talk about this week. You know, Jalen Carter had a little problem. Had to go back and turn himself in, came back to the combine. And, uh, he's well, got I, a, I give him credit for problem. coming back. He didn't, he didn't hide. He came right, back. Right, came back. So we'll see about that. Um, if he drops down with the Lions taking that's up for another day. Um, what we need to talk about, though, is there's a lot of players being released, a lot of players up for trade. Um, starting tomorrow at – when the franchise tags are applied, you're going to see a lot of these guys' names come up. Um, I think the Lions are in a premium spot right here, man, because there's going to be a lot of big-name players released that you might be able to get on one-year and two-year deals that can come right in and start for you, especially on defense. You know, Kenny, what I think we're seeing is, is, the, is the backwash of what's happening in contracts and the, the, the rising players, I wouldn't call them salaries anymore, almost like endowments. The rising salaries for quarterbacks and wide receivers is making putting other people at risk of losing their jobs, or at least having to play for less money. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't see this as a trend that's going to stop anytime soon. And look, you can't. Somebody's waving money under your nose, and you say, "Okay, but I'd like a little more," and you can get it. Then go ahead and get it. Yeah. And I also you know, think it's, that it's, free agency too, Mike, is going to change for the for the worse for the players. When you get those contracts that clog up your cap. And free like this free agency period right here, I, I can't tell you right now a guy that I would pay big money for that I have to have. Is there one player? Forget the quarterbacks because we don't know if they're going to be available. But is there a guy here that I got to have this guy and I'll pay big money for it? It's just a bunch of guys right now. And teams can take them or leave them. They, we'll draft a guy cheaper and we'll control him for five years. Might not be as good, but I'm not going to you know put a, a tenth of my cap into one player if he's not the dominant player. And most of those dominant players – are re-signed by their clubs. Well, that's part of it. And look, and it's a situation like they have in the Giants with their quarterback when they didn't put the you know the fifth year option, didn't pick up the fifth year option. Now they're out there in a bidding war against themselves. I just wonder if he was a free agent, free to go, who would sign uh, Daniel Jones? Would there be a bidding war for him? Would anybody else want him? I don't see it. I like that's something you're right. He's, they're bidding with against themselves because I don't see anybody else who wants him. You know who started all of this? Who was that? Kirk Cousins. Exactly. And you see how that worked out? Guaranteed money. It worked out great for him, and you know what? It worked out, out great for him, but worked, hasn't won a thing. Well, hasn't won a, a thing. They've been in a couple playoffs. Yeah, but I'm saying for the, be- for the money he got when they when he came over. And then yeah. they extended him again, gave him guaranteed money, and he hasn't won a thing. He was he's he's what? the same quarterback he was at Washington, a good quarterback in the top half, not not the high top half, right at the baseline of you know the midpoint, and that's all he ever is going to be. Oh yeah, he, well, yeah, he is what he is now. Yeah, yeah that's all he ever going to be. 
No doubt about that. Yeah, and I, I was looking at another thing the other day. Um, Khalil Mack, the, the San Diego something. They might be cutting him in, in the next, you know, week or two. Yeah. Remember how you they get two first round picks for him and two big first round picks for in Chicago. Yep. He didn't do anything. He was he, he played all right, but was he the the game wrecker? And did he make a difference no. in their record? No. And I think well, look, teams today are saying, I'll just draft guys and develop my own instead of killing myself with draft picks and money, signing these guys. Well, you look at it. I think you made a good point there. I think I think the. If you're going to win in the National Football League, you have to have a quarterback. That's that's a given. But you also have to be able to develop your young players. And I think so far so good that here at the Trey Lions developing young players. I mean, look at fourth and fifth round, sixth round picks that, that have become not just contributors, but really starting caliber players for the Detroit Lions sure. in a span of, span of two years and with the, more to come. And the players you pick – when it's time to sign them, you know they fit in your system. You know what you're getting. You're paying for something you're paying for unknown. When you bring guys in from other systems and what they've been through and if they've been hurt or whatever, what they, what they got left, you don't know. You're taking the chances on these guys. What's the cornerback we got the other uh, couple years ago from Seattle? And he was god off. Remember he was the highest um, nickel oh, back in the league when they got receiver, him? Yeah. What was that, Coleman flat, or something? Yeah, remember yeah, that? He was, so he was hard. Yeah. And then you end up cutting him two years later. And it was a big get at the time. Oh my God! They got the you know they gave this guy cornerback the cornerback money. He's the the highest paid nickel, and he'll be blah blah blah. Didn't do a thing, and you well, just never the, know. Look at the guy they got from from the Patriots, Slowers. Oh what, yeah, ninety six, yeah. four years, ninety six mil. Yeah, I hate talking about him because he was a great guy. I hate talking about the great guy. And he got couldn't hurt. play a league. Well, I guess he could. No, I'm he talking about hurt. for the Lions. He could, he didn't play a league. He was hurt. But he was hurt in New England. I mean, they they brought a player in that got hurt in New England. They brought him in. He got hurt. Surprise. And he wasn't a big guy. You've seen him in the locker room. We, remember, we used to talk I to know. him. Wasn't the biggest guy in the world anyway. Nice guy. Built like, an outside, built like an outside lineman. Yeah, outside great guy. Linebacker. I would never yeah. talk about yeah. him, though, because he did give everything he had. He just It just didn't work out. So you got to be careful. And, and and we're just not getting off that off the salary cap this year. You, know, this was, you carried that money up to this year. So when you sign these guys – it has a ramifications beyond just the year you're you're signing them. No, I agree with that. So, so anyway, that's what's happening. I've I've come down off my combine high, erased it all off the TV. Not gonna look at it again. But I'm on record right now as saying <laughs> that I will not take a quarterback in the top six unless it's Bryce Young falls. If Bryce Young falls, then all bets are off the table. I will consider him. That's the only one. Here's what I want to know. I want to see where you are on the pro days of these quarterbacks. I want to know not how you react to that. Not even looking at pro days. I know when they're coming, I'm not even watching. I don't. I'm no, I learned that a few years ago. I'm not watching any pro days. It's nothing to learn from them, especially quarterback pro days with the scripted workouts. Nothing to learn. I like B. John Robinson yesterday when they asked him at the end of the combine, uh, the the um, Texas pro days, so and so. Are you working out there? He said, Nope. He said, I'm not doing another thing. I'll, I'll support the guys out there, but I will be on the sideline. What you saw here today is the last time that I'll be working out for pro scouts. And I like that. Uh, it's no sense doing it. Well, I want to add one thing. We talked about, or some people talked about Bijan Robinson being the next Barry Sanders. He ran 4-4-6-40 on track. Barry ran 4-4-3, okay, out there on the, on the field. So. Yeah, but they did a comparison last night. 
to who he compares to, and it wasn't Barry Sanders. You know who he compares to? Of course to? not. He's in, it's incomparable. Go ahead. No, I'm talking about no. I quit kissing Barry's butt. We know he's good. I'm just telling you on the numbers, the physical if numbers. If I want to kiss anybody's kiss butt, Barry's butt. Be we know. You know who he, he compares to? Almost identical. Who? LaDainian Tomlinson. I was going to say that. That's yeah, who he right. compared to. He compared size-wise, speed-wise. LaDainian was faster. I think LaDainian was 4-6. I mean, 4-4-1, four, four, and he was 4-4-6. Four, four, whatever. LaDainian was four, faster. Four, They're about the yeah. same time. That's who he compares to. And I'll tell you right now, if you give me the Damian Thomason at the 18th pick, I'm fine with it. Well, I remember when he uh, scored the two touchdowns against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, and then one of them, you could see him running. He was looking up at the, sc- at the, yep. at the screen yep. to yep. see if anybody was behind him. Yep. And what Damian Thomason was, I believe, was the third pick or second pick. And uh, you can get the guy like that at 18, a similar guy. I'm all for it. So put me well, down glad for to, B. John Robinson. I'm glad Robinson. to hear that. Put me down well, for B. John Robinson at 18. I'd take Bijan Robinson. I'll choose another guy I'd take too. I always want to get this in right now. Would be um, Peter Skaronsky, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. I would take him at number six. I really would. Right. I'm not saying it wouldn't be my first choice, but I would take him. And I'll tell you what, that would give you five across on that offensive line. Five aces. Right. Every hand, you'd start with five aces. Okay, and we're going to finish with this statement too. I'm glad you said that because I just came up. When, we, when I was coming here to record this, Derrick Henry is being put on the block. Any Derek interest? Henry? Any interest? Yeah. No. Okay, thank you. That's all I want to know. No. Thank you. That's all I wanted to know. I would uh, see what the price was for him for, before I say no. I think behind the Lions' office of Lamy, because you just reminded me you said adding the fifth piece. Well, Boy, can you imagine a year with him behind the office of Lamy if he stayed healthy? Well, he- yeah, can you imagine him with, yeah, with that offensive line ahead of him? That's what I'm saying. I know, I just said it the other way. I understand. All right, Mike, that's it for this week on the k Podcast. We'll talk again next week as free agency will be right there and we'll see what the Lions will do and what the rest of the league will do. And hopefully Aaron Rodgers will make a decision by next week so we'll know is he playing or not. Maybe you care, I don't. Well, I, do, I just want to see if he's in the division or not, that's all. No, I do After too. that, I don't care, but you're right. All right. Kenny, just let, me, just let me add one thing. On your on your quarterback search, welcome back to reality. Thanks. Yeah, I came back. I, I was Thanks out there for coming back. I was out there for a while, but I came back. <laughs> I was out on that limb by myself, but I regrouped yes, you were. and I came back and I, I came to my senses. I All have right. come to my senses. All right, that's the podcast for this week. Join us next week.